on today's episode of the Bourbon Bites podcast. I'm reviewing Booker's 25th anniversary bourbon from 2014, sharing the news about Castle and Key's very first bourbon, and recapping the Pokemon Day announcement of the next generation of Pokemon games. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bourbon Bites podcast, a whiskey podcast with a gaming twist. I'm your host, Clifton, and thank you for tuning in this episode. So I'm actually recording this a couple days before going on vacation, so I'm gonna keep it short and sweet just to give myself less work before I take time off. But that doesn't mean it's not going to be a good episode because I have in front of me the very last, uh, I guess I would say three quarters of an ounce of Booker's 25th anniversary bourbon. So this sample was given to me by an amazing friend in our local whiskey group. I did a Booker's flight back in 2020 um, with my friend Brandon, where we reviewed this Booker's 30th and Booker's Rye. So if you missed that stream, um, definitely go check it out. It was such a treat to be able to try these limited releases that I think most people wish we could have got our hands on. But it's been like two years now since I did that stream. I do have a little bit left of the sample, so I thought I would finish off the rest of the sample today and give you kind of like a detailed review. I know usually when I'm doing a flight and a stream, it's kind of hard to really narrow down and think hard about the whiskey while you're also, you know, putting on a show. So that's why I want to take my time with this release now and dive back into it. So Booker's 25th is made in honor of the anniversary of the first date that Booker's bourbon was released. Of course, it was a program started by the legendary Booker No at the Jim Beam Distillery. This actually is one of the oldest Bookers that they've ever put out. So this one is 10 years and three months old. So it was barreled back in January of 2003, which if you know, is the year before Booker No actually passed away. So this whiskey was put into these barrels while he was still alive, which I think, I don't know, maybe it's the geek in me, but that makes me like a little more excited about it. You know, not necessarily that he was the master distiller at the time that these barrels were laid down, but he was still around and uh, maybe they knew even back then that this barrel was destined to become a bottle of Booker's. I don't know, Uh, but I think that's really cool and I think it makes it a little more special. So not only is this one of the oldest Booker's, this is also one of the higher proofs. This is 130.8. I know a lot of the recent releases have been the upper 120s, um, so it's nice to finally hit over the 130 point. I'm excited to see how, you know, not just older Booker's, but higher proof Booker's actually tastes. And when this came out back in February of 2014, it was a $100 bottle. And remember, Booker's at that time was normally around $60 for the regular releases. In 2014, I had just turned 21. So yeah, I don't think I was uh, sophisticated enough to buy a $100 bottle of bourbon. So like I said in the stream, I also did their 10th anniversary release and their 30th anniversary release. Um, I haven't rewatched that. I don't remember exactly how this placed. But that's not the point of the review I want to do today. I wanted to dive into it individually and see how it compares to just Booker's in general, not necessarily other special releases. So let's go ahead and get this board. So while that opens up, I do have one piece of bourbon news I wanted to talk about. Um, the rest is mostly gaming theme, but Castle and Key filed a TTB label for the very first Castle and Key bourbon. So if you guys have been following me for a while, I took a trip to Kentucky back in 2019, and the very first distillery I toured was the Old Taylor Distillery, which is where Castle and Key is set up. Now at the time, they didn't have a bourbon or a rye that were released. Um, They only had a gin and a vodka, which by the way, their gin was incredible. One of the highlights, we came back with two bottles of it. But we knew their whiskey had a few more years, so I'm pleased to see that there is now a label. It's not really officially been announced, but there is a TTB label filing for Castle and Key Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. So this is a small batch bourbon. It's released at 98 proof, and it's been aged for four years. 
So we don't really know much about it beyond that. Um, I assume this is maybe some of the original bourbon that was laid down when Marianne Eves was involved with the distillery. They have had other whiskeys that they have contract distilled at their location. I know Pinhook has used them to age some bourbon. So this isn't necessarily the first bourbon to actually come out of Castling Key, but it's the first one carrying the Castling Key name. So to me, that means something, and I'm really excited to see what this is all about. Now, I haven't even tried their rye that came out, the Restoration Rye. I would love to maybe reach out to them and have them on the show to talk about these two releases. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Since I'm such a fan of the distillery, I just would love to kind of revisit, you know, maybe even virtually um, their, their really awesome story and their history. It's, it's like I said, was one of my favorite and one of my first distillery tours ever. So I'm really excited to see how their bourbon is. I really hope they price it at a competitive price. I'm a little worried, you know, being the first release, they might have the tendency to kind of overinflate the price of it because they know people are going to want to get their hands on it. Um, so, but it is four years old. It's 98 proof. So I'm really hoping for a 50 ish or less price point. Um, but we'll have to see. I definitely would still probably buy the, a bottle anyways, just to try it. Um, but I'm just really excited. I'm, I'm really happy for them as a distillery and just I've been following their journey for so many years. It's so nice to see them finally having a bourbon come out. So I'll keep you guys updated once we get an official announcement. Um, but for now, we're just we're just stalking the TTB a bit. <laughs> All right. So the Booker's 25th has opened up quite a bit in the glass. Let's go ahead and give it a nose. Oh, man, you can tell that age immediately. This smells unlike any other Booker's I've smelled before. It's very reminiscent of um, maybe some of the 15-year-old juice that was rumored to be Jim Beam uh, that came out. I know Doc Swinson's had a release, and a few other bottlers had this you know, mystery juice. A lot of people thought it may have been Jim Beam. This is very reminiscent of that on the nose. Maybe even so, like some of the older Knob Creek single barrel picks that used to be around. You can tell this has so much dark, dry oak on it. It's less of the typical nuttiness you come to expect from Jim Beam. To me, this is such a dry and mature nose that I, the nuttiness is expressing itself um, faintly, I think, on the nose. It's not the most overpowering or um, expected nose. I actually had a pour of just regular Booker's. I think it was the 202003 just before this, just to familiarize myself with the Booker's flavor profile. And I know I'm not necessarily directly comparing it, um, but this is completely different. Normally, Booker's is like a sweet, nutty kind of flavor. This, though, is the dry oak, the vintage, the leather. Um, all that is there on the nose. By the way, if you were listening to this on release date or anytime after, I just did a stream on Thursday of this week with Michelle from Women of Whiskies. We tried all of the 2021 batches of Booker's. Definitely make sure to go check out that replay if you missed it. I love Michelle, and I'm, I'm so glad to finally have her on my channel for once. And I also just really enjoy Booker, so I think it's going to be a good one. Hopefully it was a good one, um, but definitely check out that replay. By the way, I should mention, Jim Beam is probably my second favorite distillery of all time. I still rank Heaven Hill on top because not only was it my intro into whiskey in general, but they make some of my favorite bourbon I've ever experienced. So Heaven Hill is still my number one spot, but Jim Beam is a close second. And for a while, I was buying every single Booker's release. Um, when they were 60 or $70, you know, there was the price jump that went up from 60 to 70 And I was on board with that. I was like, you know what? It's still a solid bourbon. But lately, I have not been able to find a bottle of Booker's for less than $100. Um, I think that's kind of priced itself out uh, of my personal um, bourbon budget. It's sticking around the six-year age statement. Um, it is, you know, high proof, of course. It's delicious. Um, but I just think it's not necessarily a $100 bourbon. This, however, was $100 in 2014, and I'm sure it goes for several hundreds, if not thousands more on secondary. I don't know for sure. Didn't look it up, but I'm excited to enjoy it today. So let's go and give it a taste. So cheers to Booker No and his memory. Ooh, 
There's the sweetness. So that is very on profile for bookers, I will say. It, at first, it kind of caught me off guard with the nose was so different, but that is sweet. That is nutty. There is still a ton of oak. You can definitely tell the age just on first sip. This is much older and more mature than pretty much every other bookers I've ever had. It's like a dark caramel, um, peanut butter, kind of chocolatey candy bar. Honestly, this is like candy bar on the palate. There's so many sweet and maybe a little bit savory kind of notes, like salty. Um, but man, that is just an epic first sip. I got to go in for another. Yeah, that old mature oak is so nicely balanced with the sweetness. It's definitely still got that antique note, a bit of leather, a bit of, you know, what I call an old dusty library kind of note. I love that on a bourbon, but it's rounded out by that, you know, like sweet, maybe caramel. I mean, it's kind of expressing as like a toasted oak, really, because the oak is kind of meshing so well with that sweetness, that caramel. And finish-wise, this is a long, oaky finish. I absolutely love the finish on this whiskey. It kind of goes back to that chocolate note I was getting earlier. It's less of like the, the brown sugar caramel, and it just finishes really nicely with like a milk chocolate. It's not a dark chocolate, but like a milk chocolate sweetness that's that's kind of um, accentuated by that oak. That is That is a fantastic pour. Without directly comparing it to Booker's 30th or Booker's Rye, which of course, Booker's Rye is still my all-time best, you know, whiskey I've tried in general. Um, but Booker's 30th, without doing a direct comparison, I can't really say if this is better or, you know, that one's better. I just say, if you have a chance to try any of these anniversary releases from Booker's, definitely give them a try. I mean, it's it's really easy to say, you know, would I pick this up at $100? Absolutely. This is a winner. But would I pay secondary for it? Well, that's a different question. I, I have yet to pay secondary for any whiskey. I'm, I'm proud of that at this moment, but not to say I never will. But uh, at, at this point, I think, you know, I'm, I'm happy having tried it. I'm happy I was able to share it with my friend Brandon. And overall, I just I'm, I'm very satisfied with this experience. So I'm going to finish this off and then get into some Pokemon news that you don't want to miss. So this past weekend, there was a brand new Pokemon Presents video that came out from Nintendo. This was in celebration of Pokemon Day, uh, which honors the release of the original game back in February 27th, 1996. So they always do special things across the entire franchise for Pokemon Day, but this one came with a news drop that no one expected. But before we get into the major announcement, let's talk about a few of the other things that they announced um, that are relevant to games that I have and I've been playing. So first off, there is a update to Pokemon Legends Arceus. I've played it quite a bit on Twitch. Um, this is version 1.1.0, and it just went live on February 27th. So they're calling this update Daybreak, and apparently there have been mass outbreaks of Pokemon that are popping up all over the region. So your goal is to investigate that and see what is causing this. Now, that's not the only update. They're also adding a new end game mode called Eternal Battle Reverie, where you'll be able to meet Arceus in your dreams and attempt a test of strength. So it seems like they're catering this towards people who have already beat the base game. I know my husband's already beat it once, um, so I think he's really excited for these updates. We haven't had a chance to play them, like I said, planning for vacation, but hopefully he'll keep me updated on how those turn out and if they are um, as big of a deal as it sounds, because it sounds like these are some pretty cool new features coming to it. Also, to celebrate Pokemon Day, they are giving out some free items, including some different types of Pokeballs. Um, you can redeem this in-game by using the password Arceus Adventure in the Mystery Gifts menu. So if you want some free um, virtual swag in the game, you have until March 31st to redeem that. Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Pokemon Shining Pearl are also getting an interesting update. There's going to be a new item called Oak's Letter that will be sent out to players on both games. And you use this to talk to Professor Oak and unlock the mythical Pokemon Shaman. So you can add it to your team and train it. Very cool little um, enhancement for that game. 
Also, for you Pokemon Go players, they are adding characters from the Alola region, which is very exciting. I, I have not played Pokemon Go in probably two or three years. I feel so bad because I was so into it for that first year. Like, I was doing it every day. We had a gym right by our old apartment complex back in Charleston. Um, and we were so into that game. But I, I've been considering getting back into it, and I do think the Alola forms of a lot of the Pokemon are so cute. Uh, so that might be enough to convince me to get back into it. I know there's a lot of trails around here that are um, populated with the gyms and stuff like that. So I'm going to have to give that another go. There are also updates to the mobile games, Pokemon Unite, Pokemon Cafe Remix, and Pokemon Masters EX, all to celebrate Pokemon Day. You get some free items and things like that across the board. Uh, check out Nintendo.com for the full details on that. But let's get to what we're really here for. At the very end of the Pokemon presentation was a trailer for the next generation of Pokemon games. So what I honestly first assumed was a trailer for like a Detective Pikachu 2, um, especially with the intro, the guy with the flashlight searching through this um, very messy office. It really looked like it was about to be a Detective Pikachu ad, but it transitioned into a reveal of the next generation, which is Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet. This is the ninth generation of the Pokemon game series. It is coming late 2022, and we got a first look at the three starters that are available, as well as some insight as to what this region is based on. So in this trailer, you see this vast open world of these different towns, these different areas of wilderness. It looks absolutely beautiful. It's based on the same engine as um, Pokemon Arceus, which is really cool. It's still that big open world concept, but this is going to be a more traditional Pokemon game. So it's going to be more like, you know, your classic yellow, red, blue, gold, silver, sapphire, whatever Pokemon you game late. It's going to be like that, but it's going to be more open world. The Pokemon are going to be wildly roaming. They're not going to be like, you know, hidden in the tall grass anymore. It's going to be very similar to the way that Arceus plays, but it's going to be a more full-fledged Pokemon game, which I personally am very, very excited about. So I've done some digging around Reddit to see what people are thinking that this region is based on because they typically base their regions on real life locations like the Alola one that I mentioned earlier is based on Hawaii. And this one, while I don't think it has a name yet, it seems quite obviously based on Spain and Portugal. So a mix of both of those two countries seems to be the location we're basing this game in. And it wasn't explicitly said, but if you look through the details of the reveal trailer, you do see a map on the wall of Spain, as well as some very iconic landmarks um, from both countries. So it can be assumed that that's what this is based on. There were some people thinking that this was going to be West Coast US based, um, which is a very, I, I honestly believed that theory, especially when I saw these new Pokemon. Listen to these. So there are three new starters you can pick between. Probably the one that you've seen across social media is the Grass Cat Pokemon, hashtag Weed Cat, Sprigatito. He is so cute. He has this like leaf design on his eyes that looks very similar to a pot leaf. So a lot of people are calling him Weed Cat on, <laughs> on social media. I think it's so funny. It's, it's, it's such a cute Pokemon. Like I'm not mad about it. There's also a fire-based Pokemon called Fuecoco as well as a duck Pokemon called Quaxly. All very, very cute characters. However, the reason that I was thinking that this was going to be West Coast themed, and my husband kind of brought the idea up as well, is because, well, obviously, Weed Cat seems very appropriate for California. Fuecoco kind of looks like an apple, and we were kind of thinking like, oh, Washington apples, it kind of makes sense. 
and Quaxley looks very, very similar to Donald Duck. So I thought that was a nod at Disneyland being here in Southern California. I got really excited, y'all. I was like, this is definitely going to be like West Coast theme. I'm so excited. And then I saw like the Spanish architecture. I was like, oh, it's like Mexico. But no, it seems like it's going to be Spain. However, I think it would have worked really well for uh, for the West Coast, US and Mexico, if you ask me. <laughs> but either way, I'm so excited for more details to come out about this game. I don't think anyone was expecting this announcement. It seemed like, you know, like, wow, they're already announcing it. Holy crap. But I'm so excited to see this. I'm so ready to dive into a new world of Pokemon, especially now that I have my own Switch. I'm going to be streaming it over on Twitch. So if you want to watch that and any other gaming streams I do, make sure you follow me, twitch.tv slash bourbonbites. Um, I usually go live randomly on there. It's not as structured as my YouTube streams, um, but I do have a lot of fun with Twitch. So make sure you're following me over there. But I'm curious if you guys are as excited as I am about these new Pokemon games. Will you be picking up Scarlet or Violet? I haven't decided yet. I'm going to wait till more details come out. Um, usually I base it on like my favorite colors, like rather than like the legendaries or whatever that you get exclusive to certain ones. Um, I do know you get different trainer outfits on each of these. So I'll have to do some investigating, but um, I'm definitely going to pick up one of them. Before I go, I'm going to give a shout out to our newest patrons, Troy and Lisa Tool. They just joined Patreon at the end of February, and I'm so glad to have them on board. If you guys do want to support the channel and the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash bourbonbites and get access to things like sneak peeks of my video reviews, polls to help influence the future of the podcast and the channel, as well as bonus content you don't hear in the episode. I actually posted a bonus segment from one of my previous podcasts that only Patreon got to hear. So if you're interested in that, or furthermore, just helping support the channel, I appreciate you. Patreon.com slash bourbonbites. But that does it for this week. Hopefully you guys have a wonderful weekend and a great start to your week. Like I said, I'm going to be traveling on vacation in Mexico. It's going to be a great time. So thank you for dealing with this shorter episode, but hopefully you had fun along the way. I will be putting out another episode next Friday. Not quite sure what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to record that like literally right when I get back from vacation, but I already have some ideas formulating. So that might be a trip recap. That might be a what's coming in March 2022. But either way, stay tuned. This has been Bourbon Bites. Cheers, and I'll talk to you next episode.